The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. Yes, it can seem rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, and it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of your inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. Here on The Christine Uptrich Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Are you ready to step into your vibration of change? Welcome. So glad you've joined us here today on 1150 AM KKNW or Transformation Talk Radio or perhaps on one of the 50-odd podcasts that sends up after the fact wherever and whenever you're joining us from today. We're so happy to have you here. Um, I'm grateful to have you listening here to step into your vibration of change. Those of you who are longtime listeners know that I've recently shifted the intro because I've gone from the stellar reflections to the vibration of change. The vibration of change is something that we all long for. Even though we say, no, 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 we're, resi- we're resistant to change, really what we want is we want to continue to have positive change because life is filled with change. And the question is, are we going to resist it or are we going to welcome it? And when we welcome it, we have the, the opportunity to welcome very positive change. Um, before I get into our show today, I want to say hello to the man behind the technology who like works behind a whole bunch of different monitors and with a bunch of keyboards and uh, is doing some magic over there, Mr. Benny Mathers. So let's see. We're talking about change, welcoming it, not welcoming it. I only welcome it if you tell me ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we want we want to be in control, right? Like just it, a little. If there's going to be change, we need to like plan it out. We need okay. to like you know have some control over exactly what it is and. That can get us really stuck because yeah. what, what that means is we're resisting it. Mm-hmm. I hate that word. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why we're talking about it today. Yes. And, you know, it's funny because with the vibration of change, one of the things I've discovered is that our ability to step into either our our conscious desires or our what I call our soul surprises, it all depends on our energetic relationship with the here and now. You know, are we resisting it? Um, are we around others who are creating the vibration of resistance? Is there something about it that is not allowing us to align to the here and now? So it's that that place of gratitude. It's that place of embracing what is and understanding that what we're facing is something that, you know, is actually going to benefit us on our journey. Uh, are we surrounding ourselves with people who allow us to feel how we're going to feel? Do they welcome all of who we are? Are we welcoming our authentic selves? And if so, then we're aligned with the here and now. We don't have that same kind of resistance. And I know being human isn't isn't always easy, and we can develop that resistance. But really, that vibration of change is a way to align with the here and now vibrationally so that we can ride the wave of positive change Otherwise, we get the kinds of changes that um, ultimately can create stagnation, can create more of what we don't want. So that's the concept between, but behind the vibration of change. And today, I am going to be talking about spiritual myths, spiritual cliches. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about my motivation here. First of all, if you've been a regular listener of the show, you know, a few weeks ago, I talked about some of the top 20 myths about spirituality, which is the title of my upcoming book. But it's there's so many. And I want to sort of take a step back and say, why should we bother to look at these things? Why should we bother to reassess our beliefs? Now, gosh, 30, 40 years ago, the New Age movement began. We stepped outside of religion or broadened our perspective, maybe including our religious beliefs, but we thought, you know, we've stepped out of, out of the box. And over the past several decades, we have shifted tremendously. The consciousness movement has a, been a powerful part of many of our individual journeys as well as the collective journey. And I tell you, in some ways, we're kind of stuck. I know that many of you out there know that you're here for a good reason and not just to show up for yourself, but to show up to help shift the world. 
And many of you, if you're like me, are frustrated with what you see in the external world. And you're wondering, is there something that I'm doing wrong? Is there something more? And I think that really when it comes to our spiritual nature, really when it comes to the power within, it's always helpful for us to assess our beliefs. Because our beliefs can create this structure that can either benefit us or can keep us sort of inside that belief box that doesn't allow us to go to that next level. So what I'm going to be talking about today is more of those spiritual beliefs that I'm kind of challenging in a variety of ways. Some of these are some of the top 20 myths about spirituality. Some of them are going to be ones that go beyond that um, because really, if I had, had written a book about all the myths I could come up with, um, it would be way too long. It would be as heavy as war and peace. And I wanted to avoid that. There may be a second book. First thing I want to talk about today is prayer. Now, many of you are aware that we have the power to affect ourselves and others through prayer. And I'll tell you, there's some scientific evidence that says, yes, indeed, that's true. But some of it's rather surprising. So many of us think that what we need to do when we're praying for somebody else, for instance, is to have a certain kind of intention or result in mind. May that person's cancer disappear. Um, May that person uh, find ease within the context of their divorce. May I heal myself from my addiction to Coca-Cola. You know, whatever it is, we often have some sort of result in mind. Now, there's this organization in Oregon that did a very interesting study. They were looking at the power of prayer in a variety of ways. Now, one of their studies... They were looking at the effect that prayer has on plants. Now, I'll tell you, um, as a former research statistician, before I went into alternative healing and consciousness and radio, I was a research statistician. I designed and analyzed clinical trials in cancer research. And I'm fascinated by studies that show the power of prayer. But when it comes to humans, humans are really hard to control. So when we're praying for groups of humans, there's so many different factors. But when you pray for a group of plants, you can, the, the experimenters can control the plant's position, the light, the water. And so uh, I think it's, it's really significant when, there, when you can find some truth about something like prayer within that context. And so they prayed, there were people who prayed for di- three different groups of plants. Um, actually, no, two different groups of plants. And then there was one group of plants that didn't get prayed for, and they found that prayer was indeed significant. It, it created taller, bushier plants. But the group of plants that did the best were the group that didn't have, like, the prayer that may, may the plants be taller and bushier, but the plants that um, got the prayer, thy will be done, or made the best for that plant manifest. And it was significantly better statistically speaking, which means when we are letting go of intention, we can create the best results. Now, I found this within the context of of my healing practice as well. And I think that we need to get off that intention bandwagon because we've been sort of immersed in this concept of manifestation techniques. You know, we need to have the intention to get that perfect job. We need to have the intention to get that ideal car, you know, this this sort of spiritual materialism, so to speak. And it's interesting because when we manifest it, it it sort of validates the power that we have. But oftentimes that intention gets in the way. So I think that we as individuals within our own lives could benefit from less intention and more allowing, more, more of us coming from this place of May the best for me manifest, you know, thy will be done, if you want to think in those terms of of looking to a higher power Um, and trusting that what's waiting for the other side of this moment is really going to serve us. So I know that with the secret and lots and lots of books out there, you know, we, we see the power of intention. And in fact, within the context of my healing from cancer decades ago, 
I believe that visualizing that my body was filled with light and healing was an important part of it. But the letting go and trusting in the process was key. It was so important. So I want you to think in terms of where you might be stuck with your intention. Are you doing manifestation techniques every single day? You know, going over your single primary intention over and over again? Um, Are you sort of doing this dance with the universe and saying, well, this is what I think I want, and whatever you choose for me, uh, I will receive with open arms. It's, it's really this, indan- this dance, and I think that when we can sort of reserve our intentions for those that are truly inspired, that are connected to our heart, I think that we end up walking a gentler path, so to speak, with, with less upheaval and more positive change. So I want you to just think in terms of doing a little exercise over the next week. Think in terms of something wonderful is going to happen, but I don't know what it is, and I don't have attachment to what it is. What might it be? And just go about your life with this sort of anticipation and trust and feel like a little kid, like, you know, Christmas Eve, and you're not sure what's going to unfold, and then pay attention. Because when you come from this place of allowing, when you come from this place of trusting that there are gifts to receive, let me tell you, there's some fascinating things that can occur, and I've got lots of examples about that. But what I'd like you to do is to commit to that over the next week or so, and let me know either via email or on Facebook, Christine Upchurch Professional Page, what you found, if something did occur. Because I tell you, if you come from this place of excitement and trust and allowing, then sometimes that's far more powerful than this place of intending something in particular. We're going to go to a quick break, but when we return, I'm going to share some of the top 20 myths about spirituality. So stay tuned. If you have a sense that you are meant for more, Join Heather Allison every third Tuesday at noon Pacific as she explores an ancient, forgotten energy within us and helps us access our original archetypal blueprint. The Golden Path will help you remember the key to unlocking your life, love, success, and magic you were meant for. A key to unlocking your Golden Path. Visit heather-allison.com. This is Peggy Snow, practitioner at Stellar Reflections with a Stellar Reflections Minute. So many people these days are trying to find ways to relieve their stress. What happens to our breathing when we're feeling overwhelmed and stress? When we tune in, we realize that we're either holding our breath or taking very shallow breath. To signal the body that all is well, which most of the time it is, sometimes all that is needed is a nice, deep breath to break the cycle. First, exhale to get all the stale air out by engaging the abdominal muscles and blowing gently. Next, take a nice full breath in, feeling it fill your body all the way down to your hips. Release fully and enjoy the freedom of movement. Notice how your body feels. Do you feel refreshed? Calmness is only a breath away. This has been a Stellar Reflections Minute. For more information about what we offer at Stellar Reflections, visit us at StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. How many times do you find yourself saying, it was nothing? Next time someone tells you, great job, you'll know how to accept it and not deflect it by listening to Courage to be Seen Radio with host Sherry Clark. Sherry Clark is an experienced global engineering leader, coach, and mentor. From her experiences one-on-one coaching to corporate consulting and executive coaching, Sherry has learned many women need at least three things to discover and face success. Learn about the ACES program, how to survive male-dominated fields with grace and authenticity, and reach the top without ever once giving up on who you are. Courage to be Seen host Sherry Clark explores the awesome power of your entire self. Check out her website, CourageToBeSeen.com and listen to the first Tuesday of the month at 11 a.m. Pacific with host Sherry Clark. You have the courage to be seen. See you later.
On the cutting edge of the new mainstream, Christine Upchurch is passionate about bringing together science, psychology, and spirituality in a way that can be applied to our everyday lives for true transformation. The Christine Upchurch Show, stellar conversations to illuminate your journey, engages some of the most outstanding visionaries on the planet in lively dialogue to inspire you to become that bright light you're meant to be. Join Christine every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on KKNW, AM 1150, and Transformation Time. Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Christine Uptrich Show here on KKNW in the Seattle area and Transformation Talk Radio around the world. I'm having a conversation with myself today and with you in particular. I know that you're used to me talking to somebody else um, on my show, but I've wanted to devote a couple of shows to share with you some of my work. And I am working on a book called The Top 20 Myths About Spirituality. And let me tell you, there are lots more than 20 um, years ago, I sort of hit the my own spiritual belief box, and I think I talked about this the last show I did this, but um, I was interacting with somebody who seemed so spiritual. You know, they, they were so kind and so nice, but they were also passive-aggressive, and they seemed to be judging me when I got angry about something. And, you know, I, I barely even expressed my anger. It wasn't a toxic expression. But I realized that in the spiritual, at least the New Age community, there's this judgment about certain emotions, that that anger is unspiritual, for instance. And I think that all of our emotions serve us on our soul's journey. Uh, Anger, for instance, is a way of indicating to us that perhaps we've got a, a wound within us, an emotional wound that needs to be tended to or we need to set boundaries, and it's also this powerful motivation for moving forward in a new way. Uh, but that was really when I noticed, oh, my goodness, you know, I'm judging my emotions as being ego-based, or at least certain emotions as ego-based, and there was a side of my spiritual belief box. Um, and so I started to take this approach of stepping back and trying to assess what my beliefs are, because I think oftentimes we just think of our beliefs as truth. And therein lies a problem because it becomes such an integral part of our box, so to speak. It's really helpful to sort of step outside the box and say, hmm, you know, is is there a box? Is there a side of the box? And if so, what is it? And one of the things I wanted to talk about today is how within the context of the New Age movement, we have started to compartmentalize um, our spirituality in a variety of ways. For instance... We think that spirituality should happen within the context of retreat isolation, you know, our meditation room, when the juiciest spiritual experiences happen outside of the meditation room, uh, when we're, as we're going about our daily life. I, th- I know that I talked about one of those experiences last time, but I'm going to share a very strange experience that I had, and I think I've shared this on air before, but it's so profound that I want to share it again. Um, Years ago, I had this strange experience as I was waking up, and I saw myself as Christine Upchurch, still living in Lincoln, Nebraska. I was just waking up from, you know, a nice night's sleep, and I was being called into the bathroom, so to speak, and I was like trying to drag myself out of bed, and yet I saw myself in this other life. Now, I had moved from from Lincoln, Nebraska when I was hmm, 15 years old, and I was seeing myself as an adult in my 40s in Lincoln, Nebraska, smoking a cigarette at this kitchen table with a different hairstyle. And I remember thinking, you know, my chest is feeling a little off. You know, you need to stop smoking. And I kind of woke up and thought, this is really weird. It didn't feel like a dream to me. And I thought, well, that's kind of strange. And a year or two later, I started hearing about parallel realities. And I just had this curiosity. I think, well, perhaps that, what it, that's what it was. And then I ended up feeling, mm, years later, I was talking about the house I grew up in that my father had built, the one in Lincoln, Nebraska. And I started to feel really sad about having ever left it because I felt really plugged in there. Before I moved to the East Coast at age 15, I felt planted in Lincoln, Nebraska. So I was feeling some sadness, and the sadness wasn't lifting, and I tried to process it my usual ways, and it wasn't lifting. And so finally, I just said to the powers that be, you know, my guidance, my my inner wisdom, you know, please help me. 
So there I am stuck in rush hour traffic. Now, I'm not talking about the meditation room. I'm not talking about on some deep workshop doing inner work. I'm talking about sitting in stop and go traffic in the Seattle area. And for those of you in the Seattle area, you know all about that traffic. And all of a sudden, I saw myself as Christine Upchurch again in that life. And I realized that her life was really complete. She lived it out in a very happy way. And I had in this life had a lot of struggles. And I recognize that this path that I'm on, that I'm focusing on, is a powerful one because it is allowing me to learn far, far more. And it's giving me the opportunity to, to share wisdom in a, in a greater realm. And I recognized in that instance this A-B comparison between these two lives. Now, this is pretty bizarre stuff in rush hour traffic, but I tell you, it healed that grief instantaneously. So I had one of the most profound experiences of my life in terms of opening my mind to, to reality in a new way and also healing while hitting the accelerator, going three or four miles per hour, alternately, alternately with a, the brake, stop and go, stop and go, and whoa, it was this big experience. So I think that we need to stop thinking in terms of compartmentalizing our spirituality and in fact, I think that this concept of mind, body, spirit was great at helping us to sort of open our minds to the fact that spirituality is an important piece, an important component. We need to balance all of these things, mind, body, and spirit. But we've started to compartmentalize it like, okay, this is what spirituality is, and, and this is what you know our mind does, and this is our physical aspect. And it's really all integrated. I've done a blog. I encourage you to read that on christineuptrish.com where I'm talking about how we can end up judging ourselves based on this compartmentalization of our lives. And really, the, the sum is greater than, I mean, the, the total is some greater than the sum of the three parts of mind, body, spirit. So compartmentalization can actually get in our way. And really, I think that our next stage of evolution is to integrate it all at once as we go about our daily lives while we're sitting in rush hour traffic while we're standing in line in the grocery store. So that's another myth. The, the other myth is that, um, oh gosh, that spirituality should feel extraordinary. Uh, you know, it, that it should be these bells and whistles. And in fact, I had a, a client recently, a coaching client, who was saying that she was really disappointed because she had felt such sacredness with her spiritual practices. And suddenly they felt kind of blasé. And it's, and I said to her, well, maybe you're going to that next stage of evolution where it's just an integral part of your moment-to-moment life and that you don't need it to feel like a big deal. And maybe if you just pay attention to the subtlety of your moment-to-moment experience in life, that perhaps you'll see and integrate that, that higher frequency vibration in a new way. And it was this shift in perception because she had this expectation that it needed to feel extraordinary. It needed to feel what she considered to be sacred. And perhaps that was just like the proverbial carrot on her spiritual journey to get her to a place where it just is rather matter of fact and it is what it is and it's more integrated as opposed to the sacred experience within the meditation room or within the the chanting that you know in the gathering that she she went to every month you know I I think that we need to be open to the fact that spirituality also feels ordinary just like taste sometimes things are fabulous like oh my goodness that flourless chocolate cake made my taste buds do a little happy dance Um, but the broccoli that I overcooked the other night eh, not so great but I tasted both it's the same thing with spirituality I think that it's a matter of experiencing it, it all, I- including uh, how we feel about that connection to soul, that connection to spirit, that connection to God, if you will, or that connection to the higher frequency vibration. It can be very mundane and it can be extraordinary, but it doesn't have to be extraordinary. And we need to stop compartmentalizing it that way. Here's another one. And I think that... We ha- many of us have had this perception that spirituality best remains a mystery, right? Oh, and there is this 
beauty in the mystery of spirituality. And yet we can learn a lot from the science. Yes, you know, I've talked about the science and I've had guests on here talking about the science where science and spirituality overlap. Um, But what I'm talking about goes beyond that. What I'm talking about is becoming a, a little scientist in your own life and saying, okay, well, when I let go of this belief or when I do this, what unfolds in my life? How do I feel? Am I more connected? Am I less connected? It's, it's kind of like the, you know, a child playing with gravity, so to speak. You know, the rolling the ball and seeing that, oh, if I drop the ball, it goes down, it bounces, it bounces, and then it starts to roll away. It's, it's the same sort of thing with our spiritual nature, with manifesting. It's really important for us to kind of shift our perception as, instead of thinking, oh, it's just this beautiful mystery, I want to keep it a mystery, but instead say, okay, I'm going to be a little science, science, scientist about this. Oh, did that, Chris. A scientist about my spiritual nature, a scientist about embracing all of reality and how reality might work if I just come from this place of curiosity. When we get back, I'm going to share a couple of the most controversial uh, myths about spirituality, beliefs that I'm challenging. Stay tuned for more here on the Christine Upchurch Show. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to transformationradio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Have you been seeing numbers like 111 and 222 everywhere you go? Do you feel that the universe may be trying to get your attention, perhaps offering a message of some sort? As it turns out, numerical patterns and certain types of geometry form the very fabric of our reality, from cells under a microscope to the astronomy of our night sky. At Stellar Reflections, we offer special sessions which tap into these patterns, designed specifically to support you on your journey. The 111 and 222 activations are sessions activating new patterns in your energy field, which in turn can help you create new patterns in your life. After just one session with a practitioner, either in person or via distance, Clients report gaining greater clarity, becoming more intuitive, and honoring their inner truth as they move forward in their lives. Curious about what these transformational sessions might do for you? Call 425-999-9836 or visit StellarReflections.com. That's StellarReflections.com. Are you ready to consistently tap into the transcendent place where your whole being is available to you and act as a higher level of ability and performance physically, cognitively, emotionally, and effectively? Then join us on ClearSpeak Talk Radio with Dr. Jeanette Wolf on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Tune in every fourth Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern. Go to JeanetteWolf.com, Quantum Body, to sign up for your whole health mentoring. Hey everyone, I'm Dr. Pat. This is a reminder to join me on April 26th from 3 to 7 p.m. at Holistique IV Lounge, the first in Washington State, infusing health and well-being, brought to you by Dr. Darvish and her team. Join us. We're going to have a special guest, Neil Nanda, comedian actor, going to be able to mingle with us, swag bags, raffle baskets, bites, beverages, and all of the latest in health and well-being. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. For centuries, spiritual traditions have talked about how humans have an energy field, or aura, surrounding them. Although skeptical scientists refuted this for decades, science is now beginning to catch up with spirituality. Scientists can actually measure light emanating from living beings, so they can measure the human aura, which in scientific terms is known as the biofield. Many medical practitioners around the world use an instrument to evaluate a patient's biofield for the purpose of diagnosing illness. They understand that imbalanced or insufficient light in a person's energy field indicates a physical or emotional problem. The good news? There are ways to balance and increase your light, resulting in greater well-being. 
For more information, please check out StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. Welcome back to the Christine Eptrich Show here on KKNW AM 1150 in the Seattle area. Transformation Talk Radio around the world. And after the fact, on many podcasts, including those on ChristineUpchurch.com. And you can get all the replays from, oh my goodness, for years and years of them um, on ChristineUpchurch.com. And by the way, there is a special replay that I want to point out to people. Barbara Marks Hubbard was on the show back in 2015. She was such a bright light. And I want to give her a shout out today because she has transitioned into that other world and I'm so grateful for all that she's done for many of us on our journeys and her mission was so important she had this vision of creating a much more supportive world filled with love and uh, she was a mover and shaker here may her soul fly freely and may her messages continue to touch all of our lives for many years to come um, also, I posted that replay on Christine Upchurch professional page as well as my personal page because I think that we need to make sure that her message continues. Okay, today I'm talking about spiritual myths, spiritual beliefs, beliefs that can get in our way, you know, that create this little um, personal jail, so to speak. And I think that sometimes we're not able to evolve to that next level because we've we're stuck inside of perceptions. And and oftentimes the perceptions aren't like blatantly wrong, but I think that sometimes our um, myths kind of are created by our beliefs where we should do certain things or should not do certain things. The always, the nevers, the, those, those words can create a sort of spiritual belief box. And one of the things I'm here to do is to help break down the side of the box because I think that on a collective basis, we are ready to go to the next level. And I know for many of my clients and my students over the years, we're getting to the stage where we need to shift in new ways. We need to integrate spirituality, embrace all that is, including our physicality, because I know that we've had this, this concept that our physical body isn't spiritual, right? It's this temporal form. It's, we're in this body for a relatively short period of time. Um, but just because it's the lower frequency vibration of matter doesn't mean that it doesn't matter, pun intended. It's the sort of thing where our, our body is very helpful to communicate to us. I don't know, if, you, if you've done any sort of work relating to intuition, you may be the kind of person who understands that if you feel something in the gut, like a, a tightening in your solar plexus or a tightening in your throat or perhaps, you know, that, that you're getting some communication that there's something that's off there, that you need to set boundaries, you need to walk away, you need to speak up and create a boundary. Or perhaps you get what some people call the truth bumps, the shivers head to toe. Um, for me, I get this creepy crawly sensation on the top of my head, you know, the crown chakra area, when there is something significant that I need to pay attention to. Um, we often will perceive our spiritual messages, the intuition through our central nervous system. Do we feel at ease with, with certain ideas of w the direction we should go? Do we feel at ease around certain individuals? Or do we feel tense? Do we feel a sense of unease? All that information is communication from our soul via this body that is very spiritual, even though it's temporary. Uh, so embracing all it is, and I know earlier I talked about emotions, I talked about that the last time as well, embracing all of our emotions and understanding that it is communication from our soul to help guide us. And it's not just a matter of transcending it, it is a matter of embracing all that is, to stop the compartmentalization saying, this is more important than that, you know, the spirituality is more important than our physical body, it's more important than what goes on in our mind. You know, our mind needs to be a servant here, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's chaotic and, it's, and it, we've given it too much power. Well, you know what? Our mind serves a really important function within the context of our humanity, in the context of our experience here in this temporary form of our human soul, human self uh, with, that is filled with soul and filled with purpose, but it all serves us. So it's a matter of kind of embracing all that is. Now, 
here's one that's going to push some buttons. <laughs> one of the things that I'm challenging is that it's important to be humble. You know, this, this concept of being humble to God, to source, um, is integral to religion. It's been here for thousands of years. It's also a part of a lot of the New Age perspective that we need to be humble. What, what does it mean? When I'm talking humble, I'm not talking about, you know, viewing yourself as somehow, like not viewing yourself as somehow better than others or thinking that you know it all. But I think oftentimes when we think in terms of being humble, we think in terms of not being as great as the powers that be, not being as great as our guides, not being as great as, say, you know, God. But remember what Jesus said. The kingdom of heaven is within you. The Sanskrit saying, namaste, is recognizing the God within somebody else. I think that we're at this stage where we need to understand that we are amazing and powerful. And some of Greg Brayton's research has indicated that, you know, our, our DNA is programmed in a particular way to excel into greatness. So if we can get off this be humble bandwagon and instead say, you know what, I'm amazing. I've got great power. And no, I don't know it all. And yes, other people are great and they have great power within them. And I think that we collectively could shift our planet in, in some profound ways. So I think that being humble if you read the, the definition in the dictionary, it means keeping yourself down, that's viewing yourself as less important, but instead understanding that you have a very important role to play and you are very powerful. And instead of keeping yourself down, think in terms of, of feeding your greatness, supporting your greatness, accepting the power within, and seeing how that might change your life. There's another one that probably will push some buttons. Another myth is that it's important that you feel devotion to a higher power. Now, I know within the context of religion, we think in terms of God. We think in terms of source. Um, within the New Age movement, this has been really big as well. And I'm suggesting that you don't necessarily have to believe in that in order to be spiritual. What if... We just looked at the power of nature, the power of love, the power of all that is. And instead of feeling devotion to something superior to us, instead recognizing that it's within us, whether it's God, whether it's the connectedness to everything, uh, including the quantum field to love, you know, what, whatever, um, that, that can be a way of being spiritual, without viewing ourselves as needing to look up and, and, and give power to somebody else. And I know that there are people out there who embrace this concept of looking up to source and, and, and sort of having devotion to that, and that's absolutely fine. And I know that there are people who look up to their guides, but there are people who are uncomfortable with that. And, and you know, they don't have to know that their guides are named Martha and Fred <laughs> that they need to talk to them in a particular way or look up and be devoted to some source that's greater than them. I really truly believe that if you embrace all that is and you were paying attention to your soul's voice and acting upon it in this world, that you're being very spiritual. And so um, I think that we need to be careful not to judge ourselves if we're uncomfortable with certain aspects of spirituality that don't serve us. And we need to be careful not to judge others when they aren't embracing spirituality in the same way that we are. We're going to go to another quick break, but when we return, more about the top 20 myths about spirituality. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. What does the word healing mean? Many think that healing merely means eliminating symptoms. However, based on my many years as a healer, I have a much broader perspective on the word. Healing can manifest in a variety of ways, including having physical problems resolved, becoming more emotionally centered, experiencing better relationships, gaining greater clarity, and feeling more spiritually connected. True healing always includes some level of transformation. 
Whatever form healing takes, there is one commonality, an improvement in quality of life. To me, the highest form of healing goes beyond aligning with wellness. It comes from recognizing our soul's voice and allowing it to speak through us. And in that sense, don't we all yearn to heal into our wholeness? Please visit StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. Are you ready to create a life you'll really love? Then you'll want to tune in to the hit show Life Design Radio from Adversity to Awesome with Susan DiLorenzo. Live each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. No matter where you are in your adversity story, Life Design Radio has got you covered. Get ready to feel inspired, enlightened, and motivated. For more information about working with Susan, visit SusanDiLorenzo.com. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to transformationradio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Are you looking for the perfect setting for your next workshop or retreat? At Spirit Fire Meditative Retreat Center, cultivating consciousness is what we do best. Our guests count on us to create an atmosphere that supports serenity and well-being. We lead from the heart and create space for the mind. Freshly prepared meals designed with local and organic ingredients, 95 acres of beautiful woods and pastures, and a facility built with green in mind. This is what you'll find at Spirit Fire. For more information, visit spiritfireretreatcenter.com. How would you like increased health and vitality? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural process. Every day we are either moving toward wellness or away from wellness. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. I'd like to be your partner in achieving optimal health. Contact me now at MaryJaneMack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit MaryJaneMack.com. Welcome back to the Christine Upchurch Show here on KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. If you would like to share this, uh, this show after the fact, um, within a couple of days, it will be posted on ChristineUpchurch.com. Go to the radio show page and you'll find this and many others. I know I've referred to Barbara Marks Hubbard interview, also the Greg Braden interview. Got some fabulous archived interviews there on my website. Please check them out. Um, I am so fortunate to have been able to talk to some amazing guests, visionaries in consciousness and human potential over the years. And it's really been helpful for me on my path because it's gotten me to start to think, yes, I've read a gazillion books, as many of you probably have as well, um, having to show up and have a conscious conversation with people who are so advanced has gotten me to think in new ways. And I'm really grateful for my experience here on radio doing that. And I think that it's helpful for all of us to ask ourselves, what's our perspective about what it means to be spiritual? I think that many of us have this concept in mind, and we think of it as just plain truth, when in fact there are beliefs that may or may not be true. And I think it's helpful to take a look and see... um, what the belief is, and whether it's serving you or not. I know that there's a belief out there, particularly in the New Age movement, that ego is bad, ego doesn't serve us, when in fact ego is here for a good reason. It's a part of being a spiritual being in human form, and I don't believe that we're supposed to just transcend our ego, because the ego will not die, let me tell you that. It's it, there will be moments, perhaps, where it will be less important. The question is, is the ego in control? Is the ego in the lead? Because if it is, then that's more of an issue. But there are times when ego really serves us. Um, it may be, you know, that you have a desire to be heard, and it's really an ego part of you that, that's related to woundedness from childhood or whatever. But that's not necessarily a bad thing if it leads you to start to speak up, if it leads you to get on stage in front of others sharing your wisdom. Um, 
ego can tell you when somebody's crossing your boundaries. And you can assess, the, the, the more spiritual aspect of yourself can assess, is it important for me on my soul's journey to set those boundaries? Ego gives us a lot of information and it helps us to stay as individuals. And I know that on some level, we are all connected. We come from the same energy, the same source, if you will. However, we're supposed to be here as individuals. I liken it to being in an orchestra where we're each playing our individual instruments and each part contributes to the whole. It's not like we're, we're all playing the same tune, right? We come in here with all these differences, with different types of gifts, with different types of woundedness, with different types of karma, and we're here as a collective. So that individual that's somehow you know created partly by ego is important part of our contribution to the world. And by the way, speaking of contribution to the world, I know that there are many out there who are feeling as though uh, they've done a lot of the inner work. They've, they've thought in terms of um, creating a vision for our future. And many are really frustrated because all this inner work seems to have not created this peaceful, loving planet that we all desire. So many of us desire, and many of us feel like we're shown up. We've shown up here to help contribute to that. And I tell you, I think that one of the beliefs that got created somewhere along the line in um, the New Age movement is that action isn't important. Whether it's something that we want to create, something we're inspired to manifest, or something relating to the whole of the collective, I think that action is really, really important. So for our next stage of evolution, it's not just about tuning in to the soul part, tuning in to the higher frequency vibration. It's about bringing that into our lives and creating action from there. And you'll need to decide what that action should be because your soul knows how you're supposed to show up. It might not always be comfortable. Because for some of us, especially those of us who've been in, on the conscious journey for you know, decades, perhaps, we don't think in terms of you know, calling up political figures to tell them what we think or stepping out into a protest or speaking up uh, on behalf of, of a group of people who've been harmed. It's not just about staying in the meditation room and staying centered. Yes, that, that energy is essential for co-creating a, a big change on our planet. Yes, it's really important for us to be able to have clarity about you know, where we should be, what, what steps we should take, um, how we should express our soul. But I do believe that the action is essential as well. So I think that at this stage of our evolution, we need to ask ourselves, what action should we take in order to co-create what we, we feel our soul is yearning for. And I know many people are here and they've shown up. And I tell you that um, it can be uncomfortable sometimes being a part of a movement where you feel like your beliefs, your way of life, your heart connectedness feels so different from what's going on in the world. And I tell you that many of my clients and students over the years have felt like outsiders at one point or another, or perhaps their entire lives. I myself felt like an outsider after a childhood trauma. If you've watched my TEDx talk, you know all about that. But I've come to understand that that sense of outsidedness shouldn't be disempowering, but rather empowering. When we step outside of something as an outsider and observe looking in at what's dysfunctional, it's we have the opportunity to have perception that can contribute to change. Um, and if we can come together with others who are like-minded and support each other by validating our beliefs, validating our vibration, and helping to create action towards change, it can really help to shift the world. So perhaps if you felt like an outsider, like you don't belong, some people say, I feel like I'm an alien here, or I've never felt like I fit in. Um, don't stay in the, the, the hurt about that. Don't stay in the woundedness. But understand 
that it serves an important purpose because it gives you perspective that you wouldn't have otherwise. And if you can find others who feel the same way, like, you know, you probably hear people like that on on KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. But if you can connect with that and get get that part of you validated and take action together, can help change the world. You know, there are are various myths, and um, one of them is that expectation is important with our spiritual nature. And I talked earlier about intention, how intention could get in the way. I think that we need to be very careful not to expect our spirituality to feel a particular way, to look a particular way. Um, And what served you once upon a time in terms of how you interacted with your soul, how you expressed your soul, might not feel right anymore. And you need to sort of kind of take a look and see is my perception and is my sense of, of spirituality and is my approach to spirituality fitting me today? Because oftentimes I think that we get stuck in a rut. Uh, I know that what served me once upon a time doesn't serve me anymore. Uh, I've shifted to a less compartmentalized perspective on spirituality and approach to spirituality. And I've focused more on integrating it on my moment-to-moment life as I go about in the world, you know, living my life, whether it's driving that car or standing in the grocery store line or talking to a client. And I think that it's helpful for us to kind of reassess our beliefs and see, is my belief serving me? Does it cause me to judge myself? Does it cause me to judge others? Um, what would it be like if we let go of that belief for a few days? You know, it, I, I know that for me, l- facing some of the sides of my own spiritual belief box, and I think we all each individually may have our own unique one, but for me, it's helped me to reassess what serves me and what doesn't. And when I've let go of one of those myths, um, I've shifted dramatically. And I know I've talked about the the spiritual belief that that anger is... Um, unspiritual. And once I saw that and I assessed that within myself and saw the self-judgment that came from that, I began to embrace my anger. And I'll tell you, I shifted so much more, not on my emotional journey, my, my psychological journey, but on my spiritual journey as well, because it was kind of like that resistance to that part of myself that is human, you know, actually was getting in the way of the spiritual part of myself. So I think that it's helpful to kind of look at our spiritual beliefs and shift um, and let go and see what happens. Um, Also, I think that we need to be careful about saying when we're being spiritual and when we're not being spiritual because it's all spiritual in some sense. Being a spirit in human form, you know, whether or not we're embracing that we're spirit in human form as humans, we are going about our lives for an important purpose, both to serve the individual as well as the collective. Um, anyway, that's some of the spiritual myths. I am writing about this. I've got a chapter in a book coming out this summer that talks about my own spiritual journey and how seeking got in my way in a variety of ways and how we can shift our perspective about seeking And I've got a book coming out later this year about the top 20 myths about spirituality. And I tell you, there really are more than 20. Thank you for joining us here today. Um, I I hope you'll check out that Barbara Marks Hubbard interview to pay homage to her. And I hope to talk to you again soon. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you'd like to empower yourself to step further into your vibration of change, please visit my website at christineupchurch.com where you can learn more about my insights, upcoming events, and private sessions.